Welcome to tonight's episode of Myths and Stories. Tonight we will be covering part two of our Darkness and Lightness saga. Um, last week we talked a little bit about uh, the light and the dark as forces and what they are in a scientifical sense, um, because I'm going to make up words and I'm going to use scientifical. Uh, and then we went into uh, the unveiling lore books. Uh, and we started talking about the flower game being played by the gardener and the winnower. Uh, so today we will be picking up on that uh, thread, um, possibly getting through the unveiling book, and then going into uh, the witness, the traveler, and possibly a little bit on ghosts uh, towards the end of this saga. But as of now, we are on. Uh, which which book which uh book are we on for unveiling myth? Yeah, so last time we ended uh on the verse called the flower game of the book of unveiling. Um and that to to give a very brief overview of of where that was, uh we had discussed the winnower and the gardener kind of as sentient things. Uh, before the the time of existence, before the universe as as we know it in destiny, and uh, kind of their roles, the gardener was to plant and grow life, uh, and the winnower was to uh, cut away the life that did not succeed, essentially. Um, and uh, they discovered that every single time they played this flower game, uh, this game of possibilities, that uh, when they created a universe and let things unfold, regardless of how they, regardless of how the gardener would change things uh, within the parameters of the game, you know, regardless of, of okay, I'm going to put this, uh, you know, civilization here, and I'm going to let life grow here, and I'm going to let life grow here, uh, regardless of what the gardener did, all of the flower games, all of the universes that they created and watched and ended, uh, all came to the same result. And that was that there was a single pattern that always prevailed among, above all others and eventually consumed everything that was in that reality. Uh, and we, we theorized that there's evidence, and we'll talk about that evidence a little later, in the episode here, that that single pattern is what we know as the Vex, or or it's the predecessor of the Vex. And the the Vex as a as a mathematical algorithm, yes, then metaf- manifest into physical form. Yep. Um, the the winnower saw this as a good thing. Like, yeah, this is the way the universe is supposed to go. The the strongest most existence willed um thing is always going to win and be what outlasts everything else and the gardener well, and i think i think that's a that's mm-hmm. a point there to be made too is it's not necessarily that like the strongest thing but but definitely the strongest willed thing uh mm-hmm. or that 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 has that desire to survive over everything is the is the final shape of each universe and that's it's 
it's it's interesting to me to think that the the witness was like see this is exactly like this we're playing a game and this is the outcome of the game like it's 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 not like a oh well these rules are being exploited and you cheated and da 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 it's literally we played the game every single outcome comes the same so that means that in in the win in the in the winnower's mind that's exactly how it's supposed to be played like that's mm-hmm. that's as far as like from a rule standpoint point the universes are supposed to end in that final shape yeah in that final thing that that outlasted everything else yeah for for the winnower like this is just the universe fulfilling what it what it was meant to do this is yep it uh you know the thing that has the uh the drive and the means to continue its existence beyond all others is the winner quote unquote um and so the winner didn't see this as a bad thing uh the winner just saw this as this is the way it is the gardener however had a different opinion the gardener was was upset that this single pattern uh kept winning kept snuffing out everything else and in the gardener's eyes i it made the it got rid of the possibilities of something grander of something greater to grow um you know it it, and the gardener even states to the winnower like think of all the things that we have not seen and never will see happen because this pattern just is is all you know is all encompassing all, uh, all consuming yeah so in the gardener's eyes this is a bad thing they're like this one thing is just flooding and infecting everything in the in the universe every time we recreate a universe and there's so there's so many possibilities that we we'll, we just never see um that yeah. we never get to see where things grow and where things you know turn into because they're all wiped out by this pattern and so there's a disagreement between the two in regards to uh how this should how how things should continue uh from the gardener's standpoint the the game is broken uh yeah. they need to change the rules in order for things to have a chance uh from the witnesses standpoint that's crazy talk uh, that's, that's that's almost almost like blasphemy like right you, how dare you how dare you say that this game that is being played is not being played perfectly like yeah because because even even when the winnower talks about the the vex succeeding he's like look at this perfect thing look at this exact Mm-hmm. elegant beautiful thing and and he, because and and he's only saying that because according to the rules that is that is the outcome that is happening like that 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 outcome is supposed to be that outcome because it can be no other way right and uh and to try and it, it, the the winnower sees to try and circumvent that as not only foolish but like cruel because yeah. you are prolonging the, the suffering 
Yeah, you're prolonging the suffering of those things that would otherwise have ended to this pattern. Yep. Um, and so they, they have a very big disagreement over how to proceed with this. And the, the gardener just kind of says, like, you know, I'm making a special rule. I'm going to create, <laughs> uh, paraphrasing, but essentially says, I'm I going love- to create a paracausal rule. Uh, that will not be tied. I just, I just like that thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like how this game is being played, so I'm just going to make up I'll, a new rule. I'll make up my own shit. Um, but it cre- creates essentially paracausality and says, like, para- it cannot be tied to any of the other rules we've made, and it needs to run parallel to all the other rules we've made, and it needs to be monitored, because if it's not, it could potentially destroy the entire game. And, I mean, uh, if you think about it from a from a game design standpoint, right? Like, it, two people designing this game, and the one's like, "Hey, I've, I'm going to create this rule that has nothing to do with anything in the game and can't be messed with by any rule in the game. It can't be tied to any rule in the game. But in order to do so, I've got to sit there and watch every single game that's being played with this new rule." Right. But I mean, does that kind of give you like a telling sense of like? Eh, Maybe we shouldn't have had this rule put in place. Maybe there's uh, there's reasons this wasn't here the first time. Um, yeah. But the gardener essentially says that's what's going to happen and then does it. <laughs> Doesn't wait for any anything else. Yeah. Uh, well, and by very nature of the two of them, of the of the gardener and the winnower, who, who they say that we are the rules, basically. We like our existence defines the rules. And so since he's the, the, the winnower is just trying to follow the rules, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, if, if he's going to, if he's going to put his stuff in there, I have to put myself in there to monitor the equal and opposite yep. of whatever he's going to put in there to make sure that that doesn't go rampant. And now the only way that, that they can monitor things is to remove themselves from being above the game, from being outside the universe looking in and instead to put themselves into the universe where the game is being played uh, with all of the laws and rules now that adhere exist to within them. that universe yep whereas so whatever before physics they were exists whatever right right they were it it was it it's not even like they were paracausal outside of the game i mean they they are but in this sense they are making themselves a part of the game under the rules of the game, which is, that's a, that's a hard one to, to, to kind of equate and define, you know? Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's a little difficult to wrap your head around. Um, and I say, where, where we're going to start tonight uh, with our, you know, that's the, the preamble. That's kind of the, what you missed last time. Although there's a lot more detail in the previous episode. Um, I was going to say, I'm not redoing all that math. And no, <laughs> not going through that again. Uh, so where we're going to start tonight, though, is with an un- is uh, in the unveiling book. And this is going to be chapter T equals zero. Um, and this discusses the actual confrontation. So the very ending of the, the previous lore entry, which was called The First Knife, uh, talks about the the gardener has has set these rules and the winnower is going to adhere to you know their end of the bargain to be the equal and opposite to the gardener um 
and in doing so the the winnower has discovered what it calls the first knife um which can be taken a lot of ways appeared in his hand yep it can be taken a lot of ways uh we can consider this like more allegory like the first knife being the emotion of aggression or being the emotion of like wanting to do harm um there's there's a lot of biblical connections here you could draw with Cain and Abel yes Um, that's as soon as you said like we could look at this from that that was the first thought that came to my mind was do we look at this as like the first sin like I think in a oh lot of ways, God. and I think this is <laughs> from from either uh, perspective, they would claim the first sin was performed by the other party. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you know, and the, there, there in itself lies the flaw of the first sin. Is like if each party blames the other party for committing it first, and and there's no like, oh my God, <laughs> that's awesome. That's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, has this, this, the first knife, whether it be, you know, more, uh, literal or metaphorical, uh, and then we get into this T equals zero chapter of unveiling, um, which I'm going to read through here. Keep in mind any reference to the garden where they were playing this game is all metaphor for whatever this realm is above our existence that these, these beings were creating and destroying universes in so it's not it's not a literal garden but well and that was that was something that i wanted to ask too yeah is this garden in any reference in any type of way the black garden i don't believe so i think the black garden may be related in some ways but i don't believe the black garden as we know it is the garden that the winnower and the the gardener were in uh okay just because the, that, the only that reason why make sense like the only reason why i asked that point is because when we first go to the black garden uh in destiny one our ghost is like i have no idea where we are like he has no telemetry whatsoever and that's the only that's the only thing that makes me question if the black garden is in some way related to or 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 maybe a physical man- manifestation of the garden game in our reality. So I don't know that we have enough info to infer one, th- one, one way or the other with that. Uh, okay. Some of the things we do know about the garden that could explain that particular dialogue line. Um, we know that the garden is inherently Vex, which, yeah. You know, I don't know that our ghost could tell us where we are when we're in the vault of glass either. Um, That's true. I don't know that there's dialogue to that effect, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was the same effect in both locations. Uh, the other thing that's in the garden, at least in D1, is the, is the, the heart of the garden, which is just this kind of blob of darkness, for lack of a better yeah, term. The, the, the black heart. Um, the black heart, yeah. And we do know that darkness in general um, has the ability to like phase things in and out of existence. Like it's done with our planets uh, and like it did with uh, there's a a lore card with Asher Mir firing rockets and things at the, uh, I think a ray gun 
at the pyramid ships on IO before IO disappeared and having the projectiles just disappear and yeah. they still existed, but they were in like their own little pocket realities. Yep. Uh, so like they were out of phase with everything around them. Yeah. So maybe the dark heart of the garden produced a similar effect where that's why we were, we weren't, we didn't know where we were because we were in one of those little like pocket realities. I could see that. So there, there's a couple things I think that make a little more sense before it being like, this is the realm before realms. A direct. Thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, but of course I'm sure, you know, next week Bungie will have another Lord drop that is like, Oh yeah, no, the black, <laughs> black garden is the garden. <laughs> Suck it myth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Suck it myth. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so, uh, but yeah, any any reference to a garden in these lore books or in the unveiling book is purely metaphorical. Just keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah, T equals zero from the unveiling goes as such. We wrestled in the garden, in the loam of possibility where nothing existed and everything might. A shadowed agony among the flowers. We trampled the petals beneath our feet. We stomped the fruit to pulp. We ground the seeds into dust. In the wet pop of grapes and the smear of berries, in the perturbation of the field that was the garden before the first tick of time and the first point of space, were the detonations that made the universes. Each universe was pregnant with its own inflationary volumes and braided with ever-ramifying timelines, each volume cooling and separating into domains of post-symmetric physics, all of which were incarnations of that great and all-dictating bipartite law that states only exist, lest you fail to exist. Quick pause. So this is interesting because it is confirming that not, you know, if we were to be, to believe this at face value, this is from the darkness's point of view or from the, the winnower's right. point of view. Um, right. But it, this seems to tell us that not only was our universe created, but the multiverse that is our universe and all of its possible timelines were all created at the same time. Which is kind of nuts, uh, especially considering. I mean, that's the whole 30th anniversary thing with Zer, like. Uh huh. So yeah. they, you could argue that, like, you know, the the multiverse where Zer's pulling items that are very similar to other Bungie products, uh, are all just part of the Bungie multiverse, and this is where it all started. That they all came from this this garden. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, what a what a way to write in anything right? you freaking want. <laughs> like that's that's kind of brilliant. I mean, Marvel did it. Like, yeah, it's just a multiverse. <laughs> oh, we do whatever we want. <laughs> oh, sad face. Uh, but this does lend some credence to a lore card from a ghost, where it was a ghost talking about a theory on how they resurrect guardians 
uh, specifically, there's a guardian that's caught in the Almighty, um, in the the gravity field of the Almighty, if I recall correctly, or or uh, an event horizon within the Almighty. I don't have the card in front of me, so I'm I'm going off memory here. Uh, where the guardian is essentially stuck in like very slow, uh, a, a very slowed time due to gravity, the gravitational pull that he's near. And his ghost is in our time space and can't resurrect him because he's not dead and can't transmit him. Um, can't do anything to, to save his guardian from this fate of just slowly, uh, you know, hurtling through this, this gravitational field. And that ghost says uh, that there were theories between of other ghosts that the way that they resurrected their guardians was that they had to pull a blueprint of a whole guardian from another timeline that that guardian existed in so that they knew how to rebuild them in their, in their time. Interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll look, which is, which, so, okay. So if that is a, if that is some sort if, if there's some sort of truth to be had to that, you can think of it in the same way, um, when you're inside the vault of glass and, and the, um, the, like the Gorgons there, they unmake you from time. Mm -hmm. And so since they unmake you from time in, in every reality, that's why your ghost couldn't just resurrect you after you've been, you know done away with by the by the gorgons and stuff because the vex have complete control over that uh time space and being able to completely erase you from that time as if you never existed that's that i you might have some that there might be some credence to this yeah it's uh it's an interesting idea um so i i did find the lore card it's called no res for the weary it's in the ghost stories uh lore book from forsaken um, and I, I'm I'm gonna find the particular piece here. So, uh, this this ghost is theorizing why he can't help his guardian. Um, and he says, "I think I know why. Some share my theory. What do we do when we bring our guardians back? What is the magical heart of the process?" Are we like the city's probability kilns, twisting the quantum vacuum into our favor to yield matter? Perhaps. But certain members of a cult I shall not directly name have their own specific interpretation of this process. When you bring him back, they told me, you must have a template, an image to provide you with the information you need. Where do you find that template? Simply in a neighboring timeline a place where he is still alive and intact. And wherever there is great danger, wherever the probability of death is too high, then those timelines become scarce and hard to reach. And so you find the zones where guardians cannot easily be remade. So also kind of yeah. a, a canon explanation for darkness zones. Uh, or a potential Ooh. explanation for darkness zones. Um, no, a hundred percent. Like that's that's a absolute uh, explanation there because they, they the the fact that they're saying that you know the place where death happens, those timelines become scarce. 
Yeah, like your your guardian dies there so many times that if they die in your timeline, there probably isn't a copy to find to b- rebuild them. Um, I like this. So a, a little bit of a, a tangent there, but I, I think it's interesting that that idea loops in so well with this uh, this T-Zero card where it's talking about like, yeah, all the timelines of, of the universe were created during this this fight between the gardener and the winnower. Um, yeah. It goes, and still we fought. We brought down the tree of silver wings and left the stump to smoke amid the meadows. We left prints of our splayed feet and our straining backs in the clay. Our trampling feet made waves in the garden, which were the fluctuations around which the infant universes coalesced their first structures. The dilation field yawned beneath existence. Symmetries snapped like glass. Like creases, flaws in space-time collected filaments of dark matter that inhaled and kindled the first galaxies of suns. And still we grappled. Our rolling bodies pushed things out of the garden. Worms and scurrying life from the fertile soil wet things from the pools and the leaves. They came out into the madness of primordial space. They thrashed and became large. And I won. I won because the gardener always stops to offer peace. And when they do, I always strike. But by then, it didn't matter. The game was over. The garden had given birth to creation. The rules were in place, and there would never be a second chance. We played in the cosmos now. We played for everything. And the patterns in the flowers, terrified by our contention, were no longer the inevitable victors of a game whose rules had suddenly changed, and they passed into the newborn cosmos to escape us. That's the end of that card. So is is the is the winner saying that like this is it, like this is the final existence? Yeah, because of everything. The winnower and the gardener were the ones that made and unmade universes, and now they're in this universe as entities. They can't go back and unmake and remake more universes. Holy shit. So this, like, this is the final round of the flower game, and they're now pieces in it. I mean, that implies that they could die. I Absolutely. I think so. Like they're beholden to the rules of the universe that they the created. The rules of this universe, yeah. Um, now it's probably very hard to do that to to actually kill sure. one of them because they are, sure. you know, paracausal in nature. Uh, and, well, and that's that's my question too: is because they were not part of this universe and not part of the rules of this universe, but are now in this universe and part of the rules of this universe? Do they also have paracausal abilities, or do they just have I guess I guess it doesn't matter if they have it or if they have access to it. Like that's probably saying one and the same thing. I think it's a little but, bit about yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think they are the source of those forces. I don't think the winnower who we have in the first episode uh, had said that all evidence points to the winnower and the witness being the same person. Same person. Um, yeah. Clearly, the witness 
has the ability to use darkness, the force, and even gift it to other people in the in the case of Rulk. Uh, right. But I don't believe... I believe darkness, the force, is now just a force of the universe, that, that the witness is especially uh, proficient in wielding, but I don't believe the witness is okay. the source of darkness. Okay. And the same thing for the traveler. Uh, if we were to believe the traveler is the gardener or a, a you know, herald of the gardener, um, I, I think the same rule applies there. Okay. I like uh, that. But this, this whole talk of them, you know, fighting and wrestling with each other and their trampling feet making waves in the garden, which uh, caused the universes to coalesce their first structures. Like they, when, uh, what I'm envisioning this is um, when we think of the, the Big Bang, uh, where like that, that single point of where everything used to exist in a single point and then all expanded outwards and is continuing to expand. Um, they're essentially attributing all of the chemical reactions and all of the expansion and all of the everything that happened in the Big Bang to being results of these two entities struggling at the very beginning of existence against each other. Yeah. Infinity divided by zero. That shit's hard. It's just, it's crazy to think about like that. I still, I still like that, that analogy of like when, when, when the two of them come together, it's, it's literally like infinity trying to divide by zero. Mm -hmm. Cause both like both sides of this problem have no outcome and and the only outcome is to just explode like that's i i like that analogy and i think we we get some info here uh as well as the next lore card i'm pretty sure it's the next lore card um that just kind of solidifies for me that uh the pattern that always won the previous flower games was the Vex. Um, the the okay. very last line, it says, and the patterns in the flowers, terrified of our contention, were no longer the inevitable victors of a game whose rules had suddenly changed, and they passed into the newborn cosmos to escape us. Um, so I see this kind of as the, the Vex we're in we're in their own pocket we're in we're in a flower game and then this struggle allowed them to like escape their flower game into the universe that was being created like like jump ship type thing yeah kind of sorta um and i'm going to skip ahead uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip to a card called Patternfall and then go back one to the um, Cambrian Explosion, which is technically the next one. But Patternfall... Remember, kids, this is not a Vex episode. This is not a Vex episode. But it totally episode. is. <laughs> but Patternfall, I think, is relevant because it directly talks about what happens to this, uh, this pattern that won all the other flower games. Um, and Patternfall says... 
The patterns that escaped the garden landed in the water. Of course, there was no water at first. The patterns were abstract waves tumbling through the fire of the early universe, trapped in chaos, cycling through desperate self-preservation tautologies, while vast beings from beyond the narrow dominion of cause and effect thrashed and battled around them. For an eon, they were nothing but screaming equation vermin, scurrying through the quantum foam, fleeing ultimate erasure. But they are tenacious. They propagated in the saline meltwater of comets orbiting the first stars. That broth of chemicals became their substrate, and they learned to catalyze impossible chemistry with quantum tricks. Then they rained from the sky into the, sea, into the steaming seas of fallow worlds, and there they built their first housings from geometry and silica. In all their transformations, they retained that kernel of ultimate self-sufficiency that had made them victors in the flower game. But they are not inconvertible, incontrovertible, destined to rule this cosmos. They were made before light and dark, but the rules are different now, and even this pattern must adapt. They are not all mine, not in the way that admirers such as my man Oryx are mine, utterly devoted to the practice of my principle. But some of them have, nonetheless, found their way home. So, uh, this confirms a couple things there's, for me. I was going to say, there's a lot of stuff in here that is kind of blatantly obvious, at, yeah. just even at face value. So this tells me that uh, just further reinforces for me that yes, the Vex were this pattern that always won the previous flower games. Um, yep. It confirms for me that the uh, Vex have been here since the literal beginning of the universe. Yep. Um, because of the Big Bane. Because like, of that. Literally, the, the, because of the clash between the two, Winnower and Gardner, that clash caused... That's that's an interesting thought, that 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 is the causal reason from two paracausal entities. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Boy, isn't that a fucking <laughs> isn't that a paradox? Um, and they you know over time the Vex like found ways to I I shouldn't say the Vex because we 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 associate the Vex with the frames that we see. In actuality, sure. the Vex are not the frames. They're they're not the robot bodies. They're that little gooey center that we we hit for crits. Uh, mm, that I liquid love a center, <laughs> that liquid, that vex milk, <laughs> uh, is just a a solution that holds data. Um, yeah. it's like a liquid processor, kind of. Yep. Uh, and and we like we can kind of equate that to like a like a quantum computer, right? Oh, absolutely. Like a, yeah. A, a quantum computer is just a, a computer that works with quantum entanglement, uh, which that, that idea is that if two particles are um, quantumly entangled, that's, that's a hard, <laughs> I'm trying to think how to explain the, explain the thing without using the word in the thing, <laughs> uh, that, that those two particles are, are tied together at a quantum level. 
So like if one vibrates at a certain frequency, it doesn't matter where the other particle is anywhere in the universe, it will also vibrate at that same frequency. And since that's a, since a fluid um, a fluid device, any type of device that is, is running off of a fluid, those particles can be at any given place in time, at any given place in time. Um, so, so with, with one trying to vibrate, it's not going, the, 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 the structure of the fluid isn't going to mess with how the other one vibrates. Whereas like on a physical processor board, all those transistors have to work in exactly the right way or you get blue screened, you know, like that's, that's, that's kind of the, that's, that's kind of like the inherent, uh, in stop, stop point of a physical medium that, that is a solid is it is it has a an exact structure and an exact shape and so because of that it can't there's only it it has a limitation whereas the liquid it 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 kind of it, it its limitation is much much further along so that so it can do more than what a what a solid physical processor would do so a uh, a simple way to think about this is every Vex enemy we come across is <laughs> their own little quantum computer, you know, liquid quantum computer, and yes. they all are actively syncing with a quantum cloud, essentially. Yes. Uh, that when when we talk about like the Vex network and the Vex hive mind, it's not exactly that they all think the same things at the same time. Uh, the way that a true hive mind works, it is that they're all connected with each other and can instantaneously share information when they choose to do so and upload and download things from each other. Um, on a on a quantum level. On a quantum on a, on level. A... Which means a, they can talk to each other across time as well. Yeah. Uh, Vex don't actually time travel. If they did, then we would be in much worse state in the Destiny universe. Um, this is very but true. Vex can talk to each other across time through their network. So if one Vex uh, at you know timeline A says, oh, Guardians showed up and, you know, there was no one here to stop them. And their actions uh, did something that hurts our ability to continue our existence. It will send that info to uh, the Vex that are in the previous timeline or a previous state in time. They'll know, oh, Guardians that are going to do bad things are going to show up at this spot. And so they teleport there at exactly the right time because they got that information from a piece of the network that's in the future. Uh, but the whole reason that we're able to defeat them, even in that instance, because we technically shouldn't be able to defeat them then. Like, they should be, in, in that sense, if they are truly quantum entangled and, and, and they can just, you know, send information backwards and forwards as they see fit and make Vex appear, Vex the mechanical structure Specs, the 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 goblins the hydras all that appear the only reason why we are able to overcome that is because we ourselves make guardians make their own fate we are a paracausal being the vex can identify us and know where we are but they cannot 
and will not not ever be able to predict what we will do because we don't follow the rules of cause and effect. We can do literally anything in that location, uh, which is the Ho- only reason hopefully they can beat never. them so far. Ho- hopefully they can never. Hopefully because, they can never. <laughs> and this and and there's one point that kind of points, and, and I think you read it in one of the lore entries tonight, um, talking about how the Vex uh, or or the pattern has to adapt to that new mm-hmm. reality. So if there's ever a time that the Vex themselves actually are able to wield paracausal powers, be it light or dark or both, um, we could possibly be fucked. Yeah, and uh, yeah, not going to dwell on them for too much longer here, but I will state that the lore card talking about the Vex that we read actually last episode was titled The Final Shape, and that happens to be the title of the last expansion, as far as we know so far, of Destiny 2, um, in the Light and Dark Saga specifically. And... Uh, the end of the universe as Osiris saw it in the uh, infinite forest was that the Vex rule everything, have, have taken over everything. Uh, bah, 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 so, you know, bah, bah, bah. There's, there's a couple things pointing towards that as a severe possibility in the future. Yeah. But uh, for now, we got to deal with Big Bad Witness. Um, yes. The other this thing, is not a Vex episode, kids. This is not a Vex episode. The other thing that Patternfall uh, kind of confirmed for me or, or lended some evidence to is just the idea that the Witness and the Winnower are the same thing. Um, Absolutely. Because... The whole... My... Describes my Oryx. Oryx. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, describes Oryx as being one of their followers and describes uh, some of the Vex as uh, some of them having found their way home uh, and yeah. I take that to mean the soul, the soul Praetoriate, I think is what it was called, yes. or, the, or the soul divisive, something like that. Uh, Whichever which, one in the Black Heart and that worships the Black Heart. Yeah, which are the ones that were worshiping the the Black Heart, um, which is a representation in some way of the Winnower. I th- I think it's some sort of physical manifestation of, because it, it it definitely has that like temporal like in D one mm-hmm. when I if. When you, when you go to that mission, the the final mission of, of the original D1 campaign, it, it has that like temporal look about it where it's like constantly shifting and moving. And it's that same uh, it's that same type of animation that we see uh, on the witnesses clothes uh, when we yeah. saw them at the end of, of Savathun's campaign. Uh, and it's the same stuff we see on all the uh, um, guns and and uh, stuff of the Valve of the Disciple Raid, which is, it, it's that, it's that shifting pattern thing that's just constantly moving. Yeah. So, but with that, we're going to leave Pattern Fall behind for another day where we're talking about Vex more in depth in particular. Um, and we're going to go back a lore card to, uh, within unveiling to one that is called the Cambrian Explosion. Uh, and that one goes as such. Beings who deserve no thought. Those who seek to delay the challenge that all things desiring existence must overcome. Those who describe false moral equivalence. 
Now I cannot possibly communicate with you unless I did emulate your mind, and with that mind I acquire the moralities that govern you. By your laws, I and all of my followers are evil. Evil. Since that first molecule coiled in the primordial sea, not one earth-born thing has known a monster like me. But did you know that I created you? Your mind and your body and every thought you've ever had, your senses, your consciousness, I made you. Not the gardener, but I. Did I reach out and place my special mark upon you? No, nothing so crude. In the beginning, your world was a garden too. The whole floor of the world sea was a mat of bacteria, and the very first animals, adorable blobs of ooze, grazed upon that mat in endless idol. They had no concept of the existence of other beings. Why would they? Their most complex, fu complex function was a kind of gentle spasm to scoot forward while they grazed. And if they bumped into each other on that warm seabed, all they did was ooze onward, untroubled. There was nothing to their life except the uptake of carbon compounds from the bacterial bed. And then, one day, the fall occurred. So much earlier and so much more necessary than your myths remember. Some poor mutant discovered that it could collect carbon compounds faster if it stopped grazing on the bacterial mat and started dissecting and eating the lumps of carbon all around it, its neighboring ooze-balls. It couldn't help but do it. It couldn't help but thrive. We don't get a choice about the rules. We just play the game. It was the first defector, the first predator. It changed everything. Now the ooze-balls needed sensors to watch for danger and brains to, to integrate those senses and generate plans of survival and swift neurons and muscles to enact that plan. This was the Cambrian explosion, the great birth of complex life on your world. I caused it. I, the defector, the destroyer. The one who takes. Are you telling me that the witness, the 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 winnower, the is only bad because the other side says he's bad, and that he created all of us? Now I don't think the winnower or the witness is saying they literally, you know, handcrafted humanity. But I mean, kind of. Well, okay. They Ev evolutionarily crafted. They are the manifestation of the the. I don't know if theory is the right word, but of the ideology that the strongest survives, that the strongest thrives and continues to prove its ability to exist, and okay, he or it is saying that because it is the manifestation of that ideology, and that ideology, whether intentional or not, is what led 
to evolution that the witness is the uh the the wet nurse for all physical life interesting i i I think I like that explanation better like he's he's not directly like he didn't physically mold every single human and yeah no i I like that yeah he's he's saying you know you from a bacterial state you would have you and all other things would have never come to be if there hadn't been a bacteria that decided to follow my rules of survival of the fittest yeah so which is still kind of crazy. <laughs> it's kind of arrogant, right? Like, kind of like, yeah, without me, you would have never even been bacteria to fucking begin with. Sucks to suck. Yeah, that, that's that's. Um, the 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 witness has some balls, man. Oh, witness does. The witness does. Uh, so actually, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about the witness in particular now. Um, I was going to say, are we taking a break from the from the garden game and diving into gonna, the witness? We're going to take a quick break from the unveiling um, to to talk about the witness in particular, uh, which is going to include some some unveiling um, cards yet, two in particular. Sure, uh, but also some some other things. Because ultimately, this this series is is the the light and darkness and and all of our theories and stuff on it. But a lot of the inherent um understanding of that is from uh the unveiling and so that's why we're using the unveiling a lot uh but we also want to dive into the winnower or the witness or Mm -hmm. the big bat the entity you know as as he sometimes the faceless one the formless one uh the bbeg for anyone that plays dnd okay now you fuck big big bad evil guy Oh God! The inherently, <laughs> but again, like that whole idea of evil, right? Like he says he is only evil because the other side says he's evil. Well, he's saying he's only evil if you believe in morality, in our version of morality. Oh um, shit! So now there's a there's a paradox. So he is saying that um that we we subscribe to a far a false moral equivalence that there must be good and evil is how i'm reading that um yeah and and in order to communicate with us the witness has to be able to assume a form that can understand our level of thinking and so he understands or, or it understands what our concept of morality is and by our concept of morality understands that it and all of its followers would would be seen as evil in that moral spectrum but in a, in the witness's opinion if i ever heard one in the witness's opinion uh the sheer idea of morality is idiotic because it doesn't matter yeah what's good and what's evil it matters what exists and what doesn't at the end and what doesn't yeah yeah that's a that's a paradoxy mind fuck if i ever heard one <laughs> that's that's an absolute paradoxy mind fuck like that's everything about that statement 
he he's he only appears as evil because he understands what our understanding of morality is and therefore see him oh my god like that's <laughs> that's so breaking here, my brain right now here's the a way paradox. to think about it here here's i think a maybe slightly easier way to digest that um we've we've heard the term or or you've seen in tv shows or in movies or whatnot that like uh, when someone reaches enlightenment, they reach a higher state of being and can now understand things that no one else can. Okay. It's that, but in reverse. Like, the, the witness is having to oh, dumb itself down started. enough yeah. that it can communicate and understand what we are communicating to it. Because it, it wants to be able to interact with us. It wants to be able to talk with us. Right. So in order to do so, because and and it even says this in the previous cards, like they didn't have arms to throw up, they didn't have eyes, they didn't have carbon dioxide or even a thought of of degradation. Because it, none of that shit existed. Like it was just non-existence for existence' sake. Like it, it, that's mm-hmm. yeah. And so to start at that higher level of of existence and have to work backwards, yeah, and say, well, in order for something to understand me, I've got to have a starting point. And so my what I'm defining as my starting point is morality, and therefore defining that as good and evil. Ah, man, that's a he could have chosen anything, and he chose to use morality as its. He could he could have chosen a neutral. He could have chosen a pig. He could <laughs> the witness could have been a pig, guys. I think the witness could have been whatever the heck it wanted to be. I uh... that's. Yeah, but it it chose to. Can you imagine the showing up at the witness's place and he's just like, move along. <laughs> that the final cutscene of Witch this. Queen would have landed very differently. Just <laughs> <laughs> this, this dairy cow just walking in like, mm, milk. <laughs> so. But I want to talk about the the witness in particular. Um, okay. Because yeah, we're we're encompassing everything light and dark, which includes the witness and the traveler, as well as the the forces that we talked about in the in our our first episode. Uh, yes. So there's a couple things that I wanted to touch on um, with what kind of the witness's mo at at the moment, at least as far as we can tell, is. Sure. Um, Why is he here? Why is he doing the things that he does? Right. And the witness states, uh, well, actually, I think this is a good one to start with. I am going to start, I'm going to do an unveiling card. Technically, this is the first card of the unveiling book, um, which is called Pleased to Meet You. Uh, and it is pretty much the witness giving, or, or the winnower, giving its introduction. And states pretty clearly what its uh, viewpoint is on on the the universe and what its motivations are so it goes as such one of your philosophers said it is not to be thought that the life of darkness is sunk in misery and lost in sorrow there is no sorrow for sorrow is a thing that is swallowed up in death and death and dying are the very life of the darkness. 
he was a shoemaker. He was right, and it matters more than anything. According to him, the visible world is a manifestation of eternal light and eternal darkness. And it is in eternal opposition that eternity has revealed itself. The fall was necessary for the creation to escape its first imperfect stasis and seek a truer form. Heresy? Well then, I am the heresarch. The philosopher died of a bowel disease. Those who do not exist cannot suffer and are of no account to any viable ethic. If the true path to goodness is the elimination of suffering, then only those who must exist can be allowed to exist. It is the nature of life to favor existence over non-existence. But imagine the abomination of a world where nothing can end and no choice can be preferred to any other. Imagine the things that would suffer and never die. Imagine the lies that would flourish without context or corrective. Imagine a world without me. That's the end of that card. Well, and that... Interesting. Okay. So the the winnower slash witness is essentially saying that it sees itself, as it stated to us, as the savior of the universe. It yeah. sees the traveler slash gardener as doing nothing but prolonging the suffering of things that should be dead. Yeah. Because once you're dead, you're no longer suffering. And you're no longer right. you no longer matter to anything else going on only, in the universe. And the only reason why you're suffering is because you are existing when you shouldn't be. And and when you shouldn't be. And 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 not not like a not like a well, no, yeah, definitely because you shouldn't be because the witness sees the vex as the ultimate thing that win cuz cuz it it not wins. Win we keep I keep using the term winning and losing. Um and I I don't know that that's I don't I mean in in the, the inherent the nature of a game win or loss. Yeah. Um because if if we think about this in terms of a game, right? Like a we're thinking of the garden game as a game at, uh, in and of itself. A game has to have a winner or a loser, right? Like it's it, it, I I can't think of any instance where there's a game where there's all winners or all losers or or neither or both. Um But yeah, so the the darkness or the, the, the entity thinks of the Vex as being the ultimate ending to the game. That I think that's I think that's a better way to put it. Like it, yeah. not a winner or a loser, just an end to the game. Of the game has been played, this is the end, let's start another game type thing. Yeah, and I, I don't think that um I don't think that the, the winner believes that in the current Destiny universe, the Vex are necessarily the end anymore. Um, 
I think the winnower is saying that like the the Vex need to adapt, and if they do, then yes, they could they could be the ending again. But if they're unable to do so, because the rules have changed, there are other candidates f- to be the end. Now but there's a thought. Regardless of of what or who it is that is the end, the final shape of the universe, uh, they will need to have proven that they should be allowed to exist by making everything else non-existent. There's there's a thought. There's there's a level of thoughts. So that ultimately that that's the winnowers point of view is that there is something in this universe that is going to be the thing that is allowed to exist and everything else is either suffering uh without need because it's being kept existing when it shouldn't be or it hasn't met its challenge yet to find out if it is that final thing or not so so now I'm having kind of a viewpoint of the witness as like an elitist asshole. <laughs> like uh, at first I was at first I was looking at him like in the sense of like you know he he's not saying that he, he he's not saying that he's evil. He's only saying he's evil because morale the definition of morality and all that stuff and and he's saying that, that our definition of morality states something that causes death is evil. And, and, his, and so because of that, that's, that's why he is appearing as evil to us. Because his very philosophy is that if you faced a challenge and died, that you don't, you, you that don't matter anymore. You were, that was supposed yep, to happen. You were, you were destined to, to die. Yeah. So coming back on that thought, he likes, he likes seeing the end state of the game. So basically what he's, he's saying is, since the Vex have always been the end state of the game, everything else is, that's part of the game doesn't matter. So now he's just an elitist asshole like, well, I don't even care to, to dick around with this shit on the, in the inside of the game. I just want to see the end of it so we can get to the next game, so I can see the end of that game, so we can get to the end of You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't, I don't think that's the case, um, at least in, in this playing, because this is the last playing. This is the last flower game. There is oh, no that's next right. game. We are, yeah. And no, I don't absolutely. Okay. I don't think that the witness is championing championing the vex as like the end. I think it right. acknowledges that they won before and they could do it again. But if they adapt, if they adapt, but it is it is seeking to winnow the universe. It is seeking to yeah. end anything that isn't strong enough to exist above all else. Because anything that's not strong enough to exist above all else doesn't matter, as far yep. as the witness is concerned. But it, and and it's interesting too, because because we also uh, talked about it last episode. The only way to to know the ending of the game is to play the game. You, nothing within the game can pre- can be predicted or 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 thought of. Right, like it's the the whole thing of the game is play the game. Mm-hmm. And and see and and see where the end point of the game is, and and I'm I'm starting to come more and more to that idea of there is no winner or loser in this game. There is just no. a start point, a middle point, and an end point. And and, and this the, is and the end state 
typically has the Vex, I say typically, in every other instance, literally every other instance except mm-hmm. for this one, because this is the final game, the Vex have become the end point. Yep. They have been the end state. They have been the final shape of the universe. Uh, and now it comes down to, will they adapt and be it again? Or is something else with this new rule set going to prove its worth even more so than the Vex? I uh, and I don't think the winnower cares what that is, as long as I think you're right. it follows, it proves its philosophy of that is how the universe progresses. That those yep. are the rules of existence, and as long as if, it proves if something that point, else were to come along, matter. yeah, if something else were to come along and prove its point, he's like, okay, well now we have another contestant for the end state, and and now the game has become different. But but I don't but I think you're right. I think he just see like the 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 gardener wants to see all these different possibilities. Wants to yes. see every single everything. Like it it it's it it wants to experience all the different types of life that could flourish in a universe um, or in one of these these flowers in one of these gardens. Uh, but in doing so, things will suffer. But the Gardener does not necessarily see the suffering as a bad thing or a good thing. It just sees it as another thing that is happening. The gardener, because I think that's the gardener. I don't think sees it as doesn't see existing as existing as suffering inherently, like right. the witness does. Um, and the gardener very much be- doesn't believe in and in an end state or doesn't believe in the same end state that the witness does. The witness's belief is a a single final shape will emerge from the universe every time without fail. And the gardener's belief is that given enough time, there won't be a single thing at the end of the universe. There will be pure cooperation. Amongst an all infinite things, number of things at the end of the universe, it, uh, almost like an infinite number of things, right? Like yes, yep. Like there, there, there is no final shape for infinite for... possibility for growth. Yes. So a, man, so we this shit's getting hard. I know. So we we touched but on some easier. of the the it's, it's funny perspective. Yes. It, it it's funny though because like it, it the the more and more we're dissecting this, in in and ultimately what it what it seems like is there really the only reason for good and bad to exist is because of morality, because because we in this universe have defined morality in 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 being a good or bad, and the winnower and gardener are not seeing any of that. They're, they they they're only they're only having an interaction with that because they're trying to talk to us and they're trying to interact with us. And, and by using our own definitions, that's all they have to go off of to interact with us because otherwise we, it's, it's almost like they're so awesome. We couldn't comprehend them. Right. Right. Like the, the concept of morality did not exist for them. Until right. they brought themselves down to our level of thinking, essentially. 
Um, Man, I might be team witness then. <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of what, what makes it compelling because it's not necessarily a black and white. Like, I think you can yeah. argue some of the, the philosophies of the witness are not inherently bad. Um, I mean, it, it, a lot of it's survival of the fittest just on a galactic yeah. scale. Um, yeah. But instead of the belief that survival of the fittest will produce, you know, survival of the fittest happens amongst a uh, certain species to produce the strongest form of that particular species. It's that survival of the fittest and that competition happens universally across every species that will ever exist. Right. On the species level, that's almost like a, like a, like a nanoscopic scale. Right. Yeah. Whereas like the ultimate scale is the universe. And so, you know, the nano scale being the species, the, the micro scale being the planet on which that species exists. Uh, the, the, what would be above micro? Macro? <laughs> macro? Yes. The macro level would be whatever exists in that solar system or galaxy. And then from there to the universe. Yeah. So um, we have a couple other pieces regarding the witness here. I think that... I think I'm starting to have an understanding myth. Oh, well, good. I hope so. That's that's the point of this series <laughs> is to try and like <laughs> both you and I to to wrap our heads around these ideas that we've kind of been forming over time, and then also to hopefully communicate those in a way that our listeners can can understand where we're coming from. Whether or not they agree is is a different thing, but at least understand what we're seeing and and theorizing um understanding neutral ground yeah yeah that's that's a man man all right you can have team witness or no i get team witness (laughs) wait do you want team witness or do you do you want team gardener i'm gonna be on team let's wait a minute and finish both sides before we decide on a team Okay, fair enough. I, we haven't even heard the witnesses side or the gardener the side. side. We're just um, we're just all about the witness right now. We are we are all about the witness right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read off a couple other entries that talk about the witness in particular and kind of give us an idea just as to um how they may be interacting in our in our universe. Um, okay. So we know that the witness had uh disciples. That as it as he's come across uh, seemingly last surviving members of a particular species or a particular planet, uh, has deemed them worthy of granting power to. Uh, Rulk yes. being the primary example, um, Oryx being another example. Um, not only it's, with the worms, it, which was kind of a trick, but also with granting Oryx <laughs> the ability to take. Well, and it's it's important to to note here that 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 power was freely given. Yes, this is true. Um, and so that... so is that just the witnesses' version of trying to play using the new rules, using the new rule set that the gardener has put in place to be an equal and opposite? I think so. Um, you could also argue that because the witness has never restored lost life. Uh, or or used the power of darkness to restore lost life. It has only ever used darkness or or given people a greater understanding of darkness to use it as a as a tool for 
what they're already doing. Um, it, it, it's That's kind of a thought. it's a fine line to tread where you know the the travelers is or the the gardener is freely giving power to people in the form of guardians. Um, yeah. Just, just to see what happens. Like it's, and, it's not that he's given it; is he's given it to them to further what they're already doing. Like you said, with the darkness, they he's the 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 traveler has just freely been given out light. Like, eh, let's see what the fuck happens. There, there are some qualifications, I think, but for the most part, that yeah. is true. Um, that is we'll, true. We'll we have to, we have decided that, that the qualification. Yeah. When we okay, I didn't know if we wanted to decide the qualifications for the for receiving light or receiving dark. So dark, I think, has much simpler qualifications. I think dark is just, uh, is this thing potentially, or, or does this thing have the, the potential to be the final shape or craft the final shape of the universe? If it does, then... I'm going to gift it a tool and see, and, and it's up to it to, to survive or not survive with it, essentially. I was going to say, is it gifting it that tool in an effort to expedite um, Well, that final shape getting and to, it, it's getting, getting to that final shape? It's kind of unclear. Uh, maybe so, because if we look at Oryx, Oryx communed with the, the darkness, with the, who we now know as the Witness. Um, and was given the understanding on how to use the power to take and became the Taking King. Uh, right. Rulk was visited by the Witness and given a ability that Rulk describes as luster, which had the power to not resurrect him because he wasn't dead, but rebuild him and rebuild to, to his mend, weaponry. To mend the broken. Yes, to mend the broken, um, which we equated to it's reducing the entropy of a thing, be that a person yeah. who's in multiple pieces or a weapon that's been broken into pieces. It's making it whole again, bringing more order right. to it. Um, I could see the witness using the justification of like, I'm just I'm just playing by the new rules. I'm just granting yeah. power to the the key players that I think have potential. Um but we don't see any direct justification coming from the witness in lore as far as I have found at least. Um okay. it's just kind of happens. <laughs> and yep. You know, the reasons are the, unknown. The light the light at least we have kind of a thing like devotion yeah. bravery um sacrifice, sacrifice. like that yeah. that seems to be the 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 key things the the being has to be devoted enough to to where it inspires the bravery and and bravery inherently uh um inspires self-sacrifice and therefore they must sacrifice themselves in order to be gifted with the light like that's mm-hmm. that train of thought has been you you can't just take the light like even gall when he tried to take the light was shunned with like the travelers like okay hold the fuck on here well, you and, you you and rulk when he tried to take the light was shunned as well oh uh or or take take the light from a ghost i should say um 
and we'll right. I have a whole section on ghosts that we'll get right. into. Right. I forgot about that lore entry. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm, I'm uh, jumping ahead. I'm just a vet. I'm ahead. quantum entangled with myself. <laughs> I've quantum entangled with myself from the future, and therefore my future self keeps mentioning things to me in in like the back of my head. And he's like, "Hey, talk about this. Talk about this." And I'm and like forward thinking me is like, "Okay, we'll get to that." But then like future me is like, "No, talk about this, damn it!" And so then it starts talking about that, and then I jump ahead. So yeah, I I am I'm a time traveler for some vex reason. Uh, <laughs> for some vex reason yes yes that is if if we ever do start monetizing and we get merch that's going to be one of our main merch things for yep. some vex reason for some vex reason um no so uh, i think we may have had some uh hints at the the witness we we wouldn't have known it at the time uh but i found this lore entry very interesting you know, going back, knowing what we know now. Uh, okay. And this is from the Book of Unmaking, uh, which was... And when did this book come out? This book came out in... I don't have it written down, that's when. Uh, well, take that. I, no, I think I, it was Shadowkeep. More Keep. of a sense of, was it a D1 or is this a D2? Oh, this is D2. Um, I think this was Shadowkeep. Okay. This was with the return of um, Thorn, if I recall correctly. Okay. Uh, yes, because this is all about Dredgen Yor, and yep. this is the self-proclaimed seventh Book of Sorrow, uh, specifically Volume 8, or Verse 8 of the seventh Book of Sorrow, um, titled Secrets. And this is one of those where it's just like one lines that, You're right. you know, uh, it's not a cohesive story, so, you know, stick with me here. But it goes as I such. I will stick with you. The whispers hear you. Some say they always have. All you have learned from the quiet words pales to the secrets you scream as your cages start to bend, as the old you starts to break. The whispers listen. The whispers learn. Every shrill agony etches a map of the mortal condition. Every wicked cry adds to a vast tapestry of understandings. In your pain, the whispers find their answers to your worth. When the flesh is gone and only bone remains, there will be no secrets left to scream. No pain that it may teach you all you never imagined possible. So that was... That that's the the writings from Dredgen Yor, and the kind of analysis of those writings um, happens in number uh, chapter nine of the Book of Unmaking. Um, these are right. uh, warlocks, I believe, that have discovered these writings and are trying to analyze it, a- analyze what they might mean, and they come to this conclusion. The Hive have rituals for forced evolution, and what we've found hinted at transmutation through corruption, degradation, and rebirth. Worse, they were a roadmap to a greater threat, a greater evil. And with this realization, our determination to uncover yours full truth was bolstered by new, terrifying questions. 
What if the horrors of Yor's deeds were not the end game? What if his evolution was simply the byproduct of a grander design? What if he was nothing more than a side effect of an ancient arms race, and the weapons we feared from days long past were nothing more than touchstones on a roadmap to devastation beyond anything we can imagine? What if sorrow was just a pit stop on the road to our coming annihilation? And the question this brings up to me, because we know Dredgenor was corrupted supposedly through right. Hive Bones, Weapon of Sorrow. We're going to do a series on that, Everything that he that grafted too. onto his, his weapon. But they talk about, and Yor talks about hearing these whispers, and these whispers determining his worth based on how much pain he could experience. And the, these scholars saying that this all hints at a transmutation and that uh, Yor was simply in evolution, uh, the byproduct of a grander design. I really wonder, because we know the witness communicates via whispers in like the pyramid ships and such, I wonder if Yor was being groomed to be the first witness, or was being groomed to be the first disciple guardian of the witness at this time. Ooh. Because he was he was killing other guardians, he was right. making you know he was slowly but you know effectively at least during the time he was doing it, whittling down the numbers of his his species quote unquote, uh, right. And he was being transformed into this this manifestation of you know for what the guardians saw like evil and death and horror, um. But if that was all just part of this evolution into something grander, and if he was the byproduct of an ancient arms race, maybe dark versus light, um, I don't know. I think maybe there's there's a theory to stand on. There. I think I think you got something here. I think we got something. I think you got something here. I I I like that idea. I I like the idea of because I mean that that just. Lead, lends credence to you know the final shape and everything like that the whole disciple idea of well and then so that's a that's a funny thing if if there's all these disciples right or we've theorized that there is more than one disciple right because yeah we we've looked at Rulk as being one disciple uh we looked at um was it Un? Un, yep uh as being a possible another disciple Savathun was being groomed to be a disciple uh, we were if if Dredgen Yor was looking at being groomed as a disciple. That's an interesting thought that there are multiple disciples from each race to be part of the final shape, and and therefore, in in the witnesses' eyes, all of these will be will compete for the final shape type thing, right? Like, is that right. am, I, am I looking into it no, like I that, think or so. is that? Um, I think from the witnesses' point of view. Uh, the disciples are already the last of their race. They were the one of their race that proved their right to exist. And I wouldn't be surprised if the witness gets to, you know, its version of the end of the universe and goes, all right, whichever disciple is left standing, it's all yours. Like, arena, uh, gladiator arena style. Kinda, yeah. Um, Dude, that that's that's a fucky thought, right? Like that's 
if, if all these things are suffering in the eyes of the witness, and then to, to be brought down to the final shape, and then finally just given the final arena and just been like, go for it. Lose your minds. Like, I've, I've, I've done everything I can to graft you into a disciple and, and to, to make it seem like nothing else matters. Oh my God, dude, that, that idea of nothing matters is a, I just had that connection with Rook mm-hmm. just now. Oh my God. So another interesting thing here is we see this same exact idea of picking one out of a, a people's to be its, its, you know, I don't know if champion is the right word, but to be its representative, we'll I use, guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, use champion. Yeah, representative. That's, that's probably better. We see this same idea parroted by none other than Callus and his shadows. He has, he has a shadow shit. of the Awoken, a shadow of the Human, a shadow of the Guardians. Um, in in his so Callus Callus is literally just playing fanboy then. I think Callus, you know, this just lends credence again. Callus met the Witness at the end of the universe, and yeah, just fanboyed so hard over it that he's like, "All right, I'm, you know, what you're doing is working for you, and that's you know your way of bringing about the end of the universe. So I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna help you out by." making my own disciples that I'm going to call shadows because I'm totally not copying you. But I, but I totally am. So, uh, I, man, I, if we don't get a callous themed something this year, we gotta, we've got, to. I mean, Vox Obscura really lends credence to something callous happening. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and the whole, at I mm, her her <laughs> So a couple of other pieces that uh just kind of drive home an idea we've already talked about that the witness and the darkness, the force are separate from each other, related but separate from each other. Sure. Um in the Witch Queen Collector's edition journal, um Ikora gives her personal examination of the glycon, speaking of cows. Uh, she says in that this Mara says there's a distinction between darkness and its chief exponent a single dominant wielder would suit the ideology of the darkness as expressed in the books of sorrow in the unveiling missives one leader who has either extinguished or subjugated all others winnowed them down to only the most necessary and effective form we are many guardians, a, comp- a complex plurality of light against one dark agency. So again, just reinforcing that. Yeah. You know, complexity versus simplicity, uh, light versus dark. Those are, these, are the two, these are the two ultimate end states. Ult- mm-hmm. The highest level of complexity, infinite, and the... And the, and the, and the I'm going to call it the highest level of simplicity. Zero. Yeah. Yep. Like this. This is. This is. Man, I think we're onto something here. Hashtag Bungie, please listen to us. <laughs> Maybe somebody someday will hear our crazy ramblings, and they'll either be like, "Ah, they got that right," or be like, "What the they, hell are they, they talking about?" They figured it out. <laughs> that's, that's, I think it's going to be more the second part. There, like these guys are fucking nuts. What is? 
what the hell? What are they talking about? Infinite and zero? We just created some shit for video game. What the <laughs> fuck is happening? I do like I do like the other idea though, right? Like like them coming going like like getting us getting an email from like Cosmo or something like, you actually get it. You you truly understand what's going on here. You you understand the the stakes that are at hand and then us going, Oh my god, it's my <laughs> as as my microphone peaks and my wife yells at me for <laughs> doing such. Uh yeah, no, that that's that's wow. I think we're truly getting a, a, a good understanding of what the hell is going on here. So, and to, to further drive that, and we home, haven't even we haven't we haven't even started with the with the traveler. No, and or uh, the gardener. I think to to not only finish off our points with the witness, but also transition into segue into our information about the traveler. Um, we're gonna go with the, I believe, final lore card. From nope, not quite final. Uh, the the second to last lore card of the unveiling book, which is titled "The Wager," and it says this: "Your shoemaker philosopher was right, and it matters more than anything. Sorrow cannot survive death, and it cannot precede birth. Those who exist." have moral worth, and those who do not have none. Think about it. Do you mourn the uncreated? Do you grieve for those who are never born in a nation that never developed around an ideology that no one ever imagined, on a continent that never formed? No. And from that self-evident truth, you must raise your eyes to the ultimate revelation. Those who cannot sustain their own claim to existence belong to the same moral category as those that never existed at all. Existence is the first and truest proof of the right to exist. Those who cannot claim and hold existence do not deserve it. This is the true and only divination, a game whose losers are not just forgotten, but are never born at all. That which cannot claim and hold existence is not real. You do not mourn the unreal. Why should you care for it? Tend it. Guard it. It was the gardener that chose you from the dead. I wouldn't have done that. It's just not in me. But now that they have invested themselves in you, you are incredibly, uniquely special. That wandering refugee chose to make a stand. Spend their power to say, here I prove myself right. Here I wager that given power over physics and the trust of absolute freedom, people will choose to build and protect a gentle kingdom ringed in spears and not fall to temptation and not surrender to division and never yield to the cynicism that says everyone else is so good that I can afford to be a little evil. The gardener is all in. They're playing for keeps, and they are wrong. Or so I argue. For after all, the universe is undecidable. There is no destiny. We're all making this up as we go. 
neither the gardener nor I know for certain that we're eternally, universally correct. But we can be nothing except what we are. We have, you have a choice. You are the gardener's final argument. It would mean everything if I could convince you that I am the right and only way. I truly value you. To the gardener, you are a means to an end. To me, you are majestic. You are full of the only thing worth anything at all. I am, by the only standard that matters, or ever will matter, the winning team. Existence is a test that most will fail. Would you not count yourself among the victorious few? Don't hurry to deliver your answer. I'll come over and hear it myself. That's the end of that card. Well, shit. Shit. That's all I, that's all I have to say there. It's, ev- everything about this is just... It's it's just confirming everything. Like this this is Yeah. No. I've got nothing to say about yeah. this one. This is this is this is confirmation in the ultimate sense. So we've talked at length about the witness and the winner's uh viewpoints, you know. You you prove your right to exist by continuing to exist regardless of the challenge. Um yep. but this is the first bit where we get a peek into the gardener's viewpoint or the gardener's argument as to how the universe maybe end is the wrong term there how the universe can evolve yeah and it is the, I, the gardener's I still think of it as an end it how it can reach its end state yeah it's final that's, form i think that's probably a better yeah um the the gardener is wagering that uh, given ultimate power and absolute freedom to use that power, that people will come to choose a gentle kingdom ringed in spears. They will not fall to temptation or greed. They will not surrender to dividing amongst themselves. And they will not yield to the idea that I can get away with something bad because the world as a whole is good. And that's pretty damn idealistic. That's what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) that's what I'm like. The balls. (laughs) Right? Like. No, I got, I got this, this, this says it all, man. This is, this is, I think, I think, yeah, I got nothing. So now we don't have nearly as much information on the traveler, um, as we do the witness. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a fucky thought, right? Like we have so much evidence supporting the witness and everything about the witness. Whereas, like, the Traveler is very much steeped in mystery. Well, because the Witness has, has come out and addressed us directly. He just straight up said, hey, look, here I am. This is my thoughts. These are my ideas. This is what I stand for. This is why I think I'm right. This is why I think he's wrong. Neither of us can know for sure, but 
you know, so far. But I'm, I'm going to give I've you all the evidence I can. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's just um, that's just kind of a, a fucky thought, right? Like a. It is. It's it's. Ah, it's nuts, and I love it. <laughs> it's nuts. It's it's absolutely brilliant. It's nuts. Like uh, the 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 thought that what we have deemed evil has has put all of its cards on the table and just said, "This is what I am. This is what I think. This is how I think it's going to be." Um. You you can't fight inevitability, like it, basically saying like this this is the fate designed to happen to the universe, and if you try to fight it, you're just prolonging the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that man. I know. All right. Well, shall we start going on with the traveler? Yeah. So. Uh... Or do we do we want to touch on the traveler a little bit, or 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 I, how I, do we how do we want to jump right now? Yeah, so I'm looking at the time. I think we might be able to get through everything if we're willing to to make this a, a tad longer episode than uh, you know than we we usually do, or certainly longer than what last week's was, um, because that one required a heavy amount of editing. Uh, yeah. Y'all, y'all don't know this, but we edited almost like this was the first time we had to truly edit. And I say we as in myth. Uh, he he managed to cut out about thirty minutes worth of us rambling about just rambling in circles. And I guarantee you, twenty five minutes of that was me rambling in circles. That seems pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, then I I say I I think we save traveler and and the ghost for next episode then. I think that I think that'll be a good uh jumping point to okay. start on. All right, no that sounds good. Um so in that case then we're going to we're end it here for today. Um and we'll we'll talk about the traveler and the ghosts in depth as our uh, as our our finishing in this series which is is ended up being a trilogy. Yay. Good trilogies always happen in threes. <laughs> I by the very definition, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the word you're looking for is a fucking duh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, with that, we'll we'll start. Some, uh, I mean, we're gonna do a little bit of rambling here at the end, uh, just because we we have some time. Uh, first and foremost is um, our listeners and our downloads. We're pushing 10k. Yeah, we're we're getting close to something that I never dreamed was a possibility. Um It's it's not even the end of March. I know, it's crazy. Three uh, months into the year and we're almost at ten K. This is fucking awesome. I I'm I'm genuinely humbled by it. Like I'm excited. In the one hand, like I'm giddy as a schoolgirl, like I never thought this would this would expand so far outside of our little our little clan, our little what fifteen of us, I think. Yep. Uh, uh all and the it's, way back. It's gone so much bigger. We were rambling in PlayStation chat and our clan finally got sick of us and they went, Guys, just do a fucking show. We don't want to hear just it right podcast now. Podcast <laughs> it. We'll listen to it when we have time to listen to it, but right now it's time to raid. Or kick some butt in the crucible. 
Yeah, no, this is this is awesome. We we've we've been we we've gone so far as to create the the our Twitter, um, which we've been getting responses from. And thank you guys for for finding us on Twitter and and all your kind words. Like, it's it's we 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 started this off as doing this for us, and now we now we just like doing it to just do it for everyone. Like, get and I I always think of the term or, or the phrase like knowledge is everything like knowledge is power like so the more you can know about something the 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 more knowledge you can have the better you are uh in in making life's choices life decisions and and coming and con uh, uh confronting uh events in life and we're kind of doing the same thing for destiny right like as we're going through destiny and we can we can make better decisions on you know is light good? Is light bad? Is is witness good? Is witness bad? You know, like it. it yeah, no, that's I. I am truly humbled by this. So yeah, I think uh, I think we're gonna do something special for 10K, uh, which will, in theory, be next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe so. Uh, we're we're sitting at just over nine thousand at the moment. Hell yeah! Um, Hell and yeah! Over the last seven days, we we gained twelve hundred. So. Uh, Jesus. Not beyond the realm of possibility here. Uh, I think I think we hit 10k next week, and 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 if we do hit 10k, uh, Myth and I'll have something special for you. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out for sure. Uh, I love I love how you're like we'll just figure something out. Like no, we've got something Spanish special. We totally don't have anything special. We don't know what to do. We're so confused and humbled, and we have no fucking clue what we're doing here. This 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 is something that that somebody told me once, and I I, I like this idea too. Like nobody, the further on in life you get, you're, you're, you're not really, there's no experts at anything. We're all just trying to figure out what the hell we're doing. And there's just guys that have been figuring it out longer than the rest of us. And that's who we look to for answers. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, uh, that, that definitely holds true from my experience. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, all right. Well, um, I guess I'll start thank yous then. Um, I, I mean, my first thank you was already to all of you guys, uh, all of our listeners. Y'all are, y'all are, y'all are awesome. Keep being awesome. Uh, and we'll do two thank yous tonight. So my second thank you uh, is to the witness for having completely neutral morality, only because you have the only understanding of morality you have is from us. And we suck at morality. Myth. All right, that, that's that's a hard <laughs> act to follow. But uh, and say I I also just want to say uh, thank you to to anyone and everyone that has has listened to us and and I uh, hopefully will will continue to listen to us and enjoy this this wild ride. Um, it has been. It unimaginable to to see us hit the kind of uh audience that we have now um and to to see some interactions from people on on our social medias uh, i say for for those unaware like zora was saying we have a twitter page it's at myths and stories um same spelt the same as the title of this show uh and the the few people that have found us on there and have reached out and have expressed um, how much they've enjoyed what we're doing is a a real bright spot in in my day. Uh, totally 
totally makes things worthwhile and keeps us going. So uh, gives gives me hope for humanity. <laughs> 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 just just a little bit, not a whole lot, but just a little bit, just enough to keep going through the day. We love it. Yeah. So say with that, I think that that's all I've got. I'll I'll hand it over to Zor. All righty. Well, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week.